Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Welcome back to our consumer journalist, Wendy Nola, and thanks for the flexibility and popping in a day early this week, no Wendy. Glad to all. have you with us. Um, if you are going to be moving house this year, then please listen carefully for the next 15 or 20 minutes and learn a couple of lessons from today's case study, which looks at the question of what responsibility your removal company has towards the precious goods you entrust to them. And then after 1.30, we'll update you on the DSTV magazine uh, saga and then take your open line calls. A reminder you can phone in with any consumer query on 021-446-0567 or leave us a voice note on 072-567-1567. Right, Wendy, having moved a couple of times in my life, I know what it's like. It's mm-hmm. time to go. You Good move time. all the furniture and the books, etc. They've got to go from one place to another. Most of us will hire a removal company and then we trust that they will look after all those things safely while they're in transit because that's what we're paying them to do. Exactly. Maybe we've been too trusting though (laughs) exactly because well the question is this can a removals company deliver your furniture to you after a cross-country move um, with them in a broken gouged state or totally smashed and then say sorry we we you know we are not liable at all take no responsibility whatsoever according to the consumer protection act as with any other business offering a service that involves them taking possession of your goods absolutely not but in reality unfortunately that's exactly what happens and it happens often so today we share the story of a woman whose prized possession suffered catastrophic damage in transit and it's also the story of how she fought for justice um, along the way with our help. Okay, now before we get to the story itself, I think a little bit of background is important here on on the sort of the, the page where let's get us all on the same page as it were. How does the Consumer Protection Act apply to the service which a removals company provides? Does it apply as it would to any other business? As it would if you take your car in for a service um, or a repair. So the Act states that suppliers are required to exercise the degree of care, diligence, and skill. Those words are those precise words are used. Care, diligence, and skill, as can be expected from a person responsible for managing any property belonging to another. And if they don't, they are responsible for any resultant loss or damage of a client's goods. So if the person test driving the car um, has a smash or the person that's supposed to wash the car then decides to move the car and smashes it into the wall, all those sort of things, and these are all scenarios that have happened and that I've covered, um, they can't just say, well, sorry for you, just claim on your insurance because the Act makes them responsible insurance that pertains to this story as well, is a sad issue to, the, to their responsibility. Whether they're insured or not, that's not irrelevant. They are responsible for um, making it up to the, to the customer whose goods they've damaged. But, and there's a big but, that's not often what happens in practice. Now, you reached out to the president of the uh, SA Professional Movers Association. Before, yeah, before I started working on this specific case, I wanted to know, um, his name is Dirk Smith, I wanted to know from Dirk um, how that CPA obligation syncs with um, the industry's take. And he Mm -hmm. said, it's a common practice both locally and internationally for removal companies to move possessions at the owner's risk. He said it's up to consumers to make sure that they insure their goods during transit. He says there are imminent risks in moving house which are brought to the client's attention. If you had to pick up a chair, carry it through five doorways, through the garden and the front gate into a truck, transport that chair 300 kilometers over pothole-ridden roads and then carry the chair to its final destination, this translates into a risk factor. 
he said, you know, a porter could um, accidentally trip over a pebble on the path and that can't be negligence. And according to the Act, it would be the same thing. Remember we had that case paper of your car dealership and five armed men burst in, and, and steal cars. Car. They, mm. You know, that it doesn't cover that scenario because it doesn't cover taking the um, requisite care and diligence and exercising professional skill in, mm. in dealing with, a, with this scenario. So he's, that's why this accidentally trip on a pedal, pebble thing <laughs> on the path comes in. He says, therefore, insurance is offered for the unforeseen and imminent risks associated. But, um, yeah, but okay, so, so they're saying take out the insurance, that's what it's there for because we can't foresee all of these risks. But the bottom line is their business is to move your items from A to B in a safe condition. And to me to say anything could go wrong, it could be pothole-ridden roads, etc., is a little bit like denying the actual service that like you're they, offering. Yeah. yeah. But the point is, if there is negligence, and often there is as in any, with any service provider, I, I said then, you know, but here's the CPA. You can't just treat your client's goods however not make sure that you've got skilled, trained people, not take care to pack them into the van properly, not have secure vans that don't leak. Leaking removal vans, uh, it doesn't pertain to today's story. I cannot tell you how many complaints I get. Really? Ruined goods as a result of that. Yeah, got another case just now. But anyway, so then he said negligence must be proven. But, of course, how does a customer – you don't see you your don't goods know. from one from yeah. your fir- first address to your new address. You, you don't have any way of um, – monitoring what's going on if the truck was open and it rained and they were just like oh well you know we don't have to take responsibility for that and you know i think that is a factor so that that in a nutshell is the are the um, challenges and realities that that you're dealing with um once you entrust your goods to to a removals company okay so thank you for that background let's then bring in today's case study and i want to say a big thank you to helen brandon bricknell who has joined us in studio to chat today about her experience helen great to have you with us welcome hi hi now helen moved from east london to cape town last year and she contracted stutterford van lines to move her household goods for her and among the items to be transported was her prized possession a beloved baby grand piano and Helen arranged for the company to wrap and crate it. It went into storage for a couple of months before being delivered to her Cape Town home in November but it was not delivered in the state in which it left her home in East London. Helen, tell us what you found. Firstly, it came to your house in a crate which appeared to be undamaged. Not so. That's quite right. Uh, They uh, took the crate off the van Mm -hmm brought it in i was watching um and they dismantled the crate while there was they were doing that i was noticing what was which bits were coming off and i heard one of the men say ma'am i think you should come and see this and i went and saw that the grand piano had been broken down the middle of it that it looked it looked as if something very heavy had fallen on the piano and that had sort of crashed into the middle of it and broken the, the centre bit and pushed all the keys up either side. Oh, my goodness. So it wasn't a very... Um, it was it was quite a bad a, quite a bad bit of damage. So it wasn't just a case of, no, uh, it wasn't of like a, a minor scratch, drop or no, scratch. It, it was, wasn't like a scratch. No, or, I actually you know. drove to Helen's house to look at the piano. Yeah. I was intrigued. Well, you yeah. used the, the word photos, catastrophic yeah, damage. The yeah. photos yeah. she sent me didn't do it 
the damage justice. It's hard yeah. to photograph a shiny black piano. Yeah. But I can vouch for the fact that it, it yeah. was it was quite hard to see. Yeah. Okay. Now, you don't have to vouch for it because, Helen, you got an expert to look at the piano and I do did. a damage assessment. I and did. what did they tell you? Well, they said that um, it was in a very bad state um, and um, it was not going to be a cheap job to repair it. Um, and they were they were also very surprised but not surprised really yes okay now what did they say to you because an item like a piano i mean it is it's 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 a large item it requires specialist handling and yeah. very careful yeah. packaging right. was that discussed when you were yeah. talking to Stafford van lines that this yeah. is a somewhat unusual item yeah. are you able to to cope with it yeah um i was recommended to use Stafford's by um, piano people in East London. I went to see them and I said, who do you recommend? Mm -hmm. And they said, look, Stutterford's very experienced with these things. Um, That would be our choice. Um, uh, They were voicing their personal opinion. Um, uh, But I thought, right, great, I'll go and uh, see if these people can help me. Um, And they did. They came along, they did a great job. Um, They helped me a lot with organising my move Mm -hmm. and they knew about the grand piano. Um, because we, I stipulated that the piano had to be packed and crated mm. because that was the advice I was given. And um, when they came along and they packed everything, it was great, and they were doing the piano, um, I saw them taking the stuff, bits of piano away from the house, and I sort of said, look, you know, shouldn't this be crated? Um, and the response was, yeah, we'll, we'll do it when you take it back to the warehouse. Um, and actually, I think I almost got down on my knees to beg them to create it in my property. Yeah. But the response was, look, this is our business. We know what we're doing. We're, we're experts at this. We move these things all the time. Um, and so it was a big shock to see what the result of the move was, uh, especially as if you're an expert, you will know that you never store a grand piano flat on the ground. You always store it on its side. That's the strongest bit of the piano. Okay. But obviously they didn't do that. Obviously they didn't, and your expert who assessed the damage mm. reckoned 37,000 rand or so to restore yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. It, sure. was, it was a lot. And there was a, a vat, of course, on top on of top that. On top of that? Oh, yes. I think okay. it came to 45,000 or something. Now, Helen, 2, you reached out to Stutterford Van Lines to say, hang on a second, mm. you've delivered this that's in... Correct. in in pieces, mm-hmm. what are you going to do about it? What did they say? Well, um, it took me quite a while because um, <clears throat> I started to try and uh, do something about it um, before I went away on holiday after they delivered it to my house. And I expect to come back in January and have the thing resolved. Well, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took me almost five months to... Um, get some recompense um i approached people i uh, spoke with the people in east london um and eventually uh, i tried to contact people like um hello peter whatever mm-hmm. it, nothing happened the only person actually that that gave me help was wendy um wendy um gave me lots of support and um I wrote off to, I found out that uh, Stutterfords was part of a bigger group called Laser and I wrote to the managing director of Laser um, and they, um, I don't think they had no, they knew anything about it um, and they very quickly responded. Um, they'd also heard from Wendy, I think, um, um, and they responded pretty quickly um, with um, an offer. 
Okay. Now, Wendy, let me bring you in at this point. So you also reached out to that holding company, Laser Transport Group, which trades as Stadford Van Lines. What kind of feedback did you get from them? I did receive a response from the Laser Transport Group, which trades as Stadford um, Van Lines, which is, goes, I think it's got about 150-year history in this country. Yeah. Um, it said that based on the protection of personal information, that's the Poppy Act, they are not, quote, are not at liberty to divulge any information regarding our client or this case to any third party. Now, as a journalist, we're starting to see corporates, companies do this more and more. It's completely disingenuous. Poppy does not apply to the processing of personal information solely for journalistic purposes, and especially not when a consumer expressly requests that a journalist investigate something for them. I mean, I have people giving me their bank details and their ID numbers, which you need. I need to take up to a follow formal a query. Yeah. So it's, it follows then that they're not wanting to protect their personal information. It's a completely disingenuous response to yeah. a media query, which I think uh, Hiding a, lot of, it, yeah. a lot of journalists are starting to get, and we just need to smack that on the, on the head because it's not that's not the purpose for which Poppy is intended. Um Anyway, the attorney's response continued. Any media attention drawn to our business without the necessary correct facts whilst under investigation may carry its own recourse. We suggest you communicate with the complainant <laughs> to validate our communication. Well, we have done that quite clearly. Yes. And um, Helen, as she's just said, she she got an offer which was, um, I think, adequate, fair to say, an adequate um, compensation yes. for... Yes. Are you are you satisfied with the offer that they yes, made? Yes, I am, because all I wanted actually was to have the piano repaired, mm-hmm. uh, because I knew it was going to be an expensive job. Uh, Mr. Paul Fisher had told me that when yeah. he, he gave us the report, so I knew it was not going to be cheap. He did say so, it was the worst. Sorry to cut yes. in here, the worst mm. damage he'd seen in fifty yeah. years of of wow. repair. I think it was thirty years of, uh, of his, yeah. Yeah. yes, as long as the business has been going. Is it but, repairable to, to the point? Is it restorable to its previous condition? Put well, it he, he seems to think it will be my concern would be you know when i if i decide to sell this piano anytime will it be a second-hand piano that's been damaged um you know um and he said no we're going to repair this piano so that you will be able to sell it as a second-hand piano full stop that that will be it because you know um i had asked questions of the company Mm. as you say helen to that point a mystery um how does a does a badly damaged piano re- emerge from a perfect crate? Mm. Um, are, are you alleging that the piano was packed in that condition? In which case, where's the note on the on the inventory to state p- badly damaged piano? And of course, God, no, didn't no get response. any answers. Yeah. I did, you know, as try and do a professional job of seeking answers to mm. to questions that have been raised by Helen. But anyway, the main thing is that Helen um, has had compensation, but it does raise. We could discuss in a bit, raise some other um, important issues around what you know, how consumers, uh, what what we need to do to protect ourselves, etc. Absolutely. So after the news headlines, we will go through some of, uh, firstly, uh, some other professional opinion on what happened, uh, what what rules apply, and then some practical advice for those of you who are about to embark on a move on how can, you can protect yourself. Uh, so that'll come up after half past one. Helen, I'm so glad that the story had the ending you were looking for, albeit much later than you'd hoped, and with a great mm. deal more effort than should have been required but thank you so much for being willing to chat to us today and uh, wishing you many happy years of tickling the ivory with what's <laughs> usable again <laughs> yes i can't wait to get it back <laughs> i'm sure helen thanks so much uh, helen uh, the complainant in this case which thankfully has uh, reached a point where compensation is being offered some practical advice after the half past one news headline cave talk consumer talk you can call us now on 021 446 
So let's have a talk about um, the bigger picture here. Having heard Helen's individual case mm. study, Wendy, obviously there's a question here of what we are entitled to expect from the removals company and what we need to be doing to, to do our own bit to protect our items. Firstly, is there any professional opinion or other case history you can share with us on yes. this story? So the Obitsman for Consumer Goods and Services, they filled quite a few complaints about removals companies. They recently published the outcome of one of the cases they handled, which involved a, remo- a removals company which was contracted to move household contents from Joburg to Cape Town. They dropped and broke a porcelain table stand and then they ignored the owner's complaints. Um, and the Ombuds comment on that was, while we acknowledge that it would be wise to ensure your goods as the supplier is only liable if they failed to ha- handle the goods with care, diligence and skill, dropping the consumer's goods cannot be considered reasonable. And I think that's why we got that the um, industry body person saying, um, oh, well, you know, what, the, 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 the porter could trip, trip on yes. a pebble on a, on a path. So that becomes tricky, and where does the consumer then, how do you set out trying to prove that it was an accident instead of Versus failure, yeah. failure to take proper care? Yeah. So so what's the advice then? Uh, we are in this sort of murky, so it sounds like it's better to have insurance as yes, a just-in-case. I would case. certainly say so. Yep. Um, so the advice is to, to yes, to insure the goods um, that you're moving, uh, because, as I say, if the removal's... Um, if if my inbox is anything to go by, you're in for an, an uphill battle to try and get the removals company to pay for the repair or replacement of your damaged goods. Know that if you take out a removal company's insurance, it doesn't cover any losses that any boxes rather that you packed yourself. How interesting in the small print. Ooh. And we all tend to do that, and I've seen many cases of that. Um, where the company turns around and says, "But we look at our contract only if we professionally pack it because we can't be responsible for, for the you. way." Remember, we had that tip recently: don't pack plates, and it relates to Helen's experience with the grand piano. It's mm-hmm. about where the risk is: don't pack them flat, as it's tempted as if you're putting them on a shelf in your kitchen. Yes. Pack them on their side because there's less area to then um, be impacted by. A shock. A shock if it so drives over more likely to survive, mm. that kind of thing. So I did run that past um, uh, Dirk Smith, the PSA um, president, and he said, yes, contents packed by the owner are not deemed to have been packed by a professional. The context of a sealed box is also not known, and therefore the company cannot take responsibility. And off-air, Helen was saying, you know, she also had some boxes go missing in that move, mm. and, and the company was like, well, how do we know what you packed? Um, I would say as a, as much of a slip as it is, just before you wrap, and I mean, this is if you're taking the chance to, to pack yourself, just, it, it is a slip, but it's, it's, rather than writing a list, you can actually just photograph, just go religiously and just photograph you know, and number your own snap, boxes. Yes. Yeah. So that you can also, you know, if it goes missing or gets damaged, A, you can prove it wasn't damaged when you packed it, and B, um, you can prove what was in there if it went missing. So I can I, just let me play devil's advocate here. I, I can understand from the company's point of view, if I bo- decide to pack my box of crystal glasses on my own and I don't bother to double yes. wrap them in bubble wrap or newspaper, whatever it is, and throw them in the box and hope for the best, then fair enough. That if something gets enough. broken, they shouldn't be held liable because it was my unprofessional yes. packing. So I can understand from that perspective why that rule might be there, but, but it's really important to know that that's but there. But my issue is they don't state it 
I don't think uh, from the cases mm. I've covered anyway, let me just stick to what I know, that they didn't point it out. It was only if it, when it, it was a problem with the boxes um, arriving, damaged, and the goods broken. Uh, oh, well, you packed those yourself. I've got a case now with a very well-known company where um, the goods were arrived and they were – um, the boxes were sodden and the and the furniture had um, moisture damage and Oof. all that and the, the the owner of the goods actually walked out to the truck and there was a layer of water at the bottom that these things had been standing and now my goodness the defense there while well, you packed your box yourself is clearly irrelevant, irrelevant yeah in that case so it depends on, on on the case but certainly I think speak to the removal company when you're getting a quote about that issue of packing your own boxes because you might then decide it's worth the extra expense of letting them do everything. Of letting them do everything. But then again, if they're not going to take responsibility anyway and you're going to have it insured, your insurer is going to cover it with a, whoever packed the box. Yeah. So it's, but it's just knowing just what you're know. dealing with. Yes. Um, this is a big one. Don't, do make sure not to underestimate the extent of your household contents. Um, and then have a removal com- company, and this happens a lot, pack up your goods and then demand several thousand more before they actually do the job of transporting them to, to where you want them to be delivered. Ooh. So, And some of them actually do that in a very extortionate way. So they, they put a huge premium on how much extra you, they want you to, to now pay. So rather over-declare than under-declare. Okay. Um, and then know who you're dealing with. So um, Dirk Smith said that the organization was fielding numerous complaints from people who made online bookings. This is a very big danger area to, to go online, book a company um, online, pay deposits for moves that actually never happen. So Oof, he said okay. these companies have great websites, but physically they actually don't exist. Or else they broker the load to another company that you have no knowledge of and you didn't choose to contract with. And his advice is check the registration number of the company, check the VAT registration, and get a physical address of where their trucks are actually parked. So you're not just, I mean, you could be online. They could could just not exist. Mm. You know, you pay your deposit. Um, there was actually a, some some comment from the Consumer Goods and exactly. Services Ombudsman on this very issue just a week or so ago. Exactly. Just last week, um, again, um, the Consumer Goods and Services Ombudsman named f- uh, four online companies which consumers should think twice about dealing with based on a large number of complaints that her office had received and characterized by taking money, not providing the service and then um, not answering queries, and then also fobbing off the ombudsman's queries as well, which can never be a good sign. And one of the companies was a company called Four Cities Removers. She said consumers paid the supplier to move their furniture from one address to another, collected the furniture, but failed to deliver. And she said they also, in other cases, in contravention of Section 55 of the CPA, which we just spoke about, their um, obligation to take proper care and diligence. Um, with um, a consumer's property, failed to do just that, and then failed to account for property for damaged goods. So, yeah, it's a scary world out there. Be very, very, very careful about contracting online with a removals company because that is a, a, a danger area, a hot spot for rip-offs at the moment. I wonder if any of our listeners have learned that the hard way. If you have had any kind of experience of that sort or something like Helen's story where uh, the company failed to deliver your goods in the condition you expected them to arrive in, we'd like to hear from you. You can drop, drop a voice note to 0725671567, send an SMS to 31567 or tweet us at Cape Talk. Consumer Talk, open line. 
Right, so we continue with the open line section of uh, the uh, show. I'm going to take a call from Angela and then uh, want to talk about the DSTV guide. But Angela has been waiting to chat to us. Angela and Bloberg, good afternoon. Hi there, how are you doing? Well, thanks. And yourself? All right, thank you. I just wanted to find out, our vehicle was in an accident and it was towed away, con- confirmed by our um, insurance company. But whilst it was in a holding area before it went for repairs, it was damaged. And we, the repair company has photographic evidence that they took the bumper and they put it on top of the <clears throat> the bonnet, excuse me, and um, as a result damaged it. Who is responsible for that? And do we have to pay excess, etc.? I mean, when it clearly wasn't our fault. Okay, mm. so, so the insurance company... Um, assigned the repair to a, a company of their choice? Is that what happened? Correct. Okay, Correct. so the insurance company is um, is responsible as an insurance claim. I can tell you that you – so it's already an insurance claim. What normally happens with um, dealerships when they damage customers' cars, they expect you to claim from your insurance and they magnanimous, magnanimously offer to pay your excess, which actually doesn't cover the fact that your premium may go up, you lose mm. your no-claim no bone. No claim bonus and all of that. So um, that should never happen. The company that damaged your vehicle in terms of the CPA is um, liable to make good. But it really is an insurance claim. So your insurer must just take complete care of that. That now becomes another part of the another part of the um, claim. So it's basically a new claim. It's a new claim. And Mm -hmm. um, if if you have any trouble with that, I don't think so because insurers understand um, how this okay. works, they will then claim from that company. But the point is that you shouldn't have to be involved in any of that. Number right. one, you've, your insurance company is responsible because they assigned the job. And number two, um, you, 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 you know, it is, it, you're covered and you had nothing yeah. to do with where the car went or, or how mm. it got damaged. So just. Okay. And can I ask you one, one more question? Okay. Sorry. Um, there was a higher vehicle involved. Now, those costs, can we claim that back from the original person who caused the accident because obviously that's an additional cost that we've had to now incur. Is that not part of your your policy that you it, get? A- it, it was, yes, but there's always extra. So yes. there, there was extra premium because we took out a waiver for tyres and windscreen and something like that. You know, oh, so that I see. Extra. Um, yes, so the things that your insurance company wouldn't cover, then I would say yes, then um, you go to the, the, the repair company involved. They, they, would, they would be getting off quite lightly with that one. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Angela, good luck to you. Thanks for your call. Let's stay with motor issues. I think Steve and Pardon Airlines is wanting to respond to Angela's call. Uh, Steve, good afternoon. Yes, hi guys. Um, I've got a little workshop in Pardon Island. Um, and you're talking about, you know, people getting damaged on sites and whatever, whatever, whatever. Now, the reasons that I, that we, you know, we put a sign up saying vehicles and driven is thwarted, owner's risk. We, we drive vehicles all day, every day. The likelihood of us having an accident, which is obviously an accident, is not intentionally driven into a wall, um, is, is to cover more or less ourselves. We can't test your car. We can't make sure your car is right if we can't road test it. So we need to get your permission to be able to do that. So if I'm standing at a stop street and somebody rides into me, that's really not my fault, but then we will pay the excess for the, for the, for the vehicle. For, for, for a workshop as small as me to try and ensure 60 to 100 cars a month that come in here and a dealership may have 500 or 1,000 cars going in there every month. You can't insure one car for going out on a road test for 15 minutes. So okay. I can't see, you know, to, to be able to use the, 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 the customer's 
uh, insurance, you know, if he, if he wants to bring his car in, he needs to have it serviced, we need to drive it. Okay, you're missing, want us to drive you're missing it, a key element here. Yeah. Then we won't drive it, but then every time I need to move the car across the workshop, he's going to need to come into the dealership, move it across the workshop, so we can continue to work with it. Okay. And Wendy, you'd like to respond? Uh, yes, I'd like to respond. You're missing a key element of what we've been repeating since, since shortly after 1 o'clock, and that is negligence or failure to take proper care. So, for example, it would be the difference in between a, your, your workshop, somebody coming in, um, armed with an AK-47 and taking several of your customers' cars that way, as opposed to you leaving the keys to the cars in an unlocked uh, drawer um, or on a counter in your workshop and someone coming in and taking the car. I cover these cases all the time. So the yeah. one case, you would be liable, and the other, whether you had insurance or not, that is your – so you are required by the Act by, by legally to take the, 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 the appropriate – care and diligence and, and skill with somebody else's property. That's just the way the act works. Don't shoot the messenger. It's and only if you're negligent. It. Yes, you can, Stephen. Hi, sorry, yes. Um, okay, but then again, again as I said to you now, if, if, if somebody brings their vehicle in for a drivability issue, so it's got a misfire or it overheats at a certain time or it's got a noise where you have to drive the car. So I'm not, gonna, I'm not prepared to take that risk to drive his car or your car and then if somebody, as an accident, nobody intentionally goes out to, have to, to damage anybody's car. Okay, I'm going to stop there because it is the point we've just covered. Yes. There's a difference between an accident and a, an act of a negligence. Act, yes, yes that is very crucial care. here. Thanks, Steve. Uh, thank you. I appreciate your, your addition to the conversation. Um, two responses on uh, removals companies to share with you, quite diametrically opposed to one another. Firstly, it's Anonymous uh, sending a shout-out uh, for Pickfords, who moved my family from Durban to Joburg and... And my goods from London to Cape Town without so much of a scratch on anything. So it's nice to hear of a positive experience. Thank you very much. Then John sending a long message saying, we did the Groot Trek just over two years ago. And it is said that moving is in the top five stresses in life. Make no mistake, it is. We got five quotes from different companies, of which two came to our house to give advice, which helped a lot. We went with one of those. We have two cars. Most companies provide a car moving service. We got a company that only moves cars at a cheaper rate. We asked our insurance company for additional insurance to the moving company because we packed our own stuff. It's a huge job for most households. Uh, do consider having the company do the packing. Costs to move at the end of the year increase significantly because many people do move then. Uh, that's uh, an Very important piece of advice, advice, John. Thank, Thank you. you. His closing comment, though, is I really would not like to move again ever if I can uh, avoid it. Yeah, yeah. John, yeah. thanks. Lots of, of, of practical advice in that uh, message. Um, right, we'll take a quick call from Steve, and then we must get the DSTV response in. Yes. But Stephen Melkbos, good afternoon. Afternoon. Hi, Wendy. I'll, I'll try and be brief. It's an eight-year saga Oof. that we've been trying to get um, an inheritance paid out from the Guardians Fund with the executives and Nedbank. Is this up your alley? We just can't find the money now. I mean, it's just like vanished. Uh, it's worth sending an email. Um, I, I can't promise, but I can certainly uh, put a media query through and see if I can um, have any more luck than, than you have. So if you're welcome to send me an email, Steve. Okay, so Steve, Wendy's address is consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R. She knows a lot about consumer affairs. Uh, consumer at nola.co.za. Please just put Cape Talk um, Inheritance in yes, the subject please. line. She'll keep an eye out for your mail and uh, uh, tell you, uh, yes, I can assist with this, or uh, no, I can't. Uh, either way, she'll give you some feedback on that. Thanks for your call. Now, DSTV. 
Uh, Wendy, the 1st of May came and went and with it came the anticipated flurry of complaints because there's yes, no more DSTV we- magazine. Now, we did tell everybody a couple of months ago, they told us they were discontinuing that printed magazine altogether. And I had understood from their previous feedback and from the initial interaction they had with me on Twitter on the first that there would still be a digital version of that old magazine available. But it seems that um, I was wrong in thinking that. They said it was a misinterpretation of what they said. Okay. Um, So um, a multi-choice spokesman said... Yeah, just that there appears to have been a misunderstanding of sorts. We have definitely not gone back on our promise at all. The media statement, which I shared with you earlier this year, spoke, I think it was at the end of Jan, spoke about a digital version of the schedule on the DSTV website and the DSTV Now app and not a magazine. The website option gives customers the following choices, um, a view of the TV guide, which allows customers the option to toggle between the grid and the list view. I'm already confused. The ability to filter the guide by package, genre and day, the ability to add and remove favorite channels and filter the guide and download schedules based on favorite channels, the ability to click on a program and see more information about it, and the ability to set a calendar reminder for a show coming up in the future. But just don't expect to find the magazine as you knew it in digital format. So just, yeah, okay. So that is that. A a comment. I think they've shot themselves on the foot on this one. I completely understand why the move away from the printed version, as we discussed in January, it was often out of date. By the time it got to customers. Delivery issues. Delivery issues with the post office. By the time it got there, half the stuff was had changed on the schedule anyway. But, and I think the one thing they're missing here, what has disappeared now is the ability to be alerted to the highlights of what new this month for example it's all well and good to say you've got access to the full schedule but you need to know what you should be looking so for as user friendly mm. as the magazine so not only the loss of the good old paper Printed page turn the page yeah. but but the highlights which were very user friendly yeah in terms so of that new this month there's if you like thrillers look for this brand well, this, new series this series or this is documentary. coming back yeah, yeah. Another, another se- that's another disappeared and season. i have spent quite a chunk of time in the last three days trying to to use the other channels that they're offering as alternatives and have not yet been able to find anything that replaces wow. that information so I just, i'm interested to know what our other listeners think of whether you found a way to be alerted to new highlights that are coming obviously we'll keep on flagging what we can for you via our TV guy Craig uh, once a week, but I do think that they've 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 missed a key point of marketing their own offering in the switch to the digital only okay. um, schedule. So anyway, let's wait and see how everybody feels about that and how uh, we move forward on that. Um, okay, so here's another SMS from somebody who also had packing issues. Stutterford's moved a household of furniture from Simonstown to France. Everything was packed by them. When opening the sealed boxes, which numbered 46 in total, we discovered that three boxes had been packed only with wrapping paper. Stutterfords refused responsibility and told me to lay a charge of theft. The supervisor for the move was no longer in their employ. A case number was opened two years later. Nothing. So empty box, well, boxes stuffed with paper were oh, sent instead of boxes oh, packed with their items. You'd think that would be noticed. The, the, the difference in weight should have mm. been quite glaring. Again, another example of, um, I don't, he doesn't mention um, the insurance issue. Yeah. Wh- whether that was a factor or not. But um, 
you know, and a lot of these removal companies will say you didn't take our insurance. As I say, that doesn't change the fact that, that they're liable for negligence. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, sorry for uh, for uh, to experience. hear those stories. Yeah. I had a move to London and back back in the tw- twenty years ago when I was a, a London correspondent, and yeah, um, on the way there, fine. On the way back. Stuff missing out of boxes, a beautiful old typewriter that I'd oh. acquired. Um, yeah, just, um, sorry, not a typewriter, a sewing machine. Just okay. completely missing. Um, and of course, they deliver and say sign. And you, you, you can't go through every box no, until you later, sign. So yeah, that applies signing. to other things as well, especially with so many people buying online. I always say, if it's not too much of an, bother and mostly it isn't just open up and check the condition and whenever while the courier is still there if you can so do you because, can refuse to to um, accept it if it's damaged. yes you can and also you've got proof in front of the the, the, the courier employee's eyes that okay. yes there's something wrong with it and then you don't have this battle to say well you know we we delivered it in good condition you signed and and now you know, you've got no do proof you prove, that it wasn't actually prove, there yeah, yeah. Exactly. okay good advice as well thank you right um just uh, let me recap wendy's contact details in the remaining minute we can squeeze in one more sms if you get to us very quickly but for now if you have got a case you would like to put to wendy you need to send an email to consumer at nola.co.za <laughs> or you can contact her via uh, the facebook page uh, wendy nola consumer do please remember to put the words Cape Talk in the subject line and one or two words just to describe the nature of the problem. I see Steve's done it already. Well done, Steve. (laughs) Very quick of you. Okay, well done for getting it through so much. So there's your confirmation of receipt and Wendy will give you some feedback. Okay, uh, Margie asking a question that I think opens up a can of worms and probably another four shows, Wendy. How to get out of a time-sharing contract. I know it is a a case in motion, as it were, because it is something that uh, the various investigators of bodies have been actually looking into, haven't they? Yes, the National Consumer Commission did a huge investigation over many months. They did a roadshow around the country, major cities and towns, and had, had uh, packed out um, hotel rooms of people telling their horrific, often horrific tales, older people who locked in and basically even your ears and hear it, the, it's ridiculous. Oh, no. um, and there was some dynamite um, that came out in that um, report. Um, but essentially, um, yeah, they've, they're trying to liaise with the companies and get them to voluntarily, um, under certain criteria, um, just let uh, those people off the hook, so to speak, just to, uh, to, to wipe out their contracts. Um, the consumer lawyers are saying, you know, the, the, these contracts in perpetuity were never legal in terms of the act anyway. Um, and um, But, yeah, it's... Uh, it's certainly that they are, they're a little bit backs to the wall, especially with your worst case scenarios of older people who are being put in a terrible financial mm. position because of having to keep paying levies or, or have terrible things happen to them hand, being handed over, et cetera, et cetera. So it now is a good time if somebody has a, you know, if there's a dire case to send it on, approach the company and, um, I mean, lawyers are able. I've been doing this, but lawyers cost money. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm willing to have a go if somebody wants to forward me their case. But please, if I could just urge, put all the information there. Don't make me write back three times to say I need this, I need that, or you know this mm-hmm. isn't here because that just minimizes the chances of me actually being able to, to, to get it off as all the new yeah. cases come in. Yeah. Okay, Margie. So again, consumer at nola.co.za. Wendy, we'll chat again next Wednesday Whoa. back in the <laughs> usual time segment. Thanks so much. Thanks, That's sports.